It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome back to Behind the Braves, everybody. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com, alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Uh, not only, Greg, are we back for another episode of Behind the Braves, but this is, how do I put uh, no disrespect to any previous guests, because we have had <laughs> the biggest names of names that we have around here in Braves country, but um, we're going to have a hard time having a bigger name, and uh, not even just in Braves country and baseball than we've got on today. Uh, we've got the king, Hank Aaron, on. Well, y- you can say Hank is basically could be the best player that ever lived. I I've, mean, when, you, when I it, start yeah. digging into his number, I mean, they're just ridiculous. The things that he accomplished, not only not only as a player, but as a human being in, in battling the odds and doing the things that he did. I think just the complete player, the adversity that he faced, um, he, he has to, in my mind, he has got to be the greatest player to ever play. And then to be an Atlanta Brave – um, you know, and part of our alumni association, part of organization in the front office as a player. I mean, he is just – he just um, – this is who you want to – the guy that you would build your team around if you were ever starting. Uh, he's going to be the – you know, he's the legacy of our Braves organization. So to have him on is, is clearly a benchmark for us and just a real treat. It really is. And as you're going to hear, I mean, we – as we're recording this today, of course, this is coming out in February during Black History Month, which was, you know, obviously we want to have Hank on any time and every time yeah. we can. But for the first time having him on, we thought, you know, kind of celebrating, uh, honoring Black History Month here on Behind the Braves. Who better to, to kick that off and do that with than Hank Aaron? But also, as we, we recorded it on uh, January 31st, I believe it was, uh, it was uh, Jackie Robinson's 100th birthday. And I think, and you, when we get into that, you ask him about that and about Jackie. But it's it's um, it's pretty. It was it, it's a special thing that we were able to celebrate Black History Month with Hank here on Behind the Braves, but also to record with him on on, you know, his one of his idols, Jackie. All really, all of our idols, Jackie Robinson, on his hundredth birthday was it really really special, really special. Yeah, and you look at the time at which Hank was born, and he spent his career in baseball there was the civil rights movement was coming to uh, um a, a you know a fever pitch from what was going on with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and everything that was happening you know Hank became very outspoken and it worked with with um Jackie Robinson after his career and especially being here in Atlanta and then all that he went through when he was chasing Babe Ruth's home run record he really was you know thrusted into the spotlight um, in a number of different arenas, but but he chose to speak out, spoke his mind, and um, 
And so it's very appropriate to have him on for Black History Month. But then also what's going on in the game today, which we touch on a little bit with with seeing a decline in the African-American community um, participation in Major League Baseball, you know, as a as an organization, as as an industry, we are trying to change that. And we've seen some positive things happening in the last couple of years with a lot of stuff that our alumni are doing, Major League Baseball is doing, the organization is doing. We're starting to, um, you know, turn that trend the Absolutely. other way. Absolutely, that's good. That's that's something that, yeah, Major League Baseball, as you said, they're, they're something that they're focused on. Hank talks about it. He's spoken with the commissioner about it. It's something that they, they care about and that, that they're, you know, they're working on and trying to get that trend going in the right direction. It's, it's something that we, as an industry, we need to be concerned with, and we all need to be trying to help and pitch in with that however we can. So I think, though, as long as we're all talking about it and we've still got legends, and, and again, as you said for me, Hank, listen, yes, I'm a Braves fan. I'm biased. But the numbers, I completely believe, will back us up when we, if we say Hank Aaron is the greatest baseball player that ever lived. Yeah, yeah I mean, for I, sure. it, it's almost, at times, you almost wonder, the, the home runs is what he's known the most for, but it's like he was such a complete offensive ball player that uh, we, we focus so much on the home runs, you, you kind of for, not forget, but don't pay, I don't think people pay enough attention to the all-around how great he was at the plate. Yeah, he was pretty, pretty and impressive. I think personality plays into that. I wish the Hank that we know today and we've known for years – um, as a young player, is not the same. And of course, you know, I wasn't the same as I am today. You know, you, you gain some confidence as you get older. Um, life is different. You know, this the stress isn't there. You know, when you're in a career, he, he obviously he took his career very seriously, and we talked about that a little bit. But um, I think his personality made him, uh, you know, um, he was different with the media, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on in the United States at that time that caused other stresses with all the racism and, and uh, the bigotry that was happening. Caused him to be a certain way, probably didn't allow him to be his personality to come out the way it does now. And um, so I think that sometimes affects the way, affects perception as ball players. You know, look at Willie Mays. He was kind of, you know, outgoing and. And um, and I think some of those guys didn't take the stand that Hank did, and so therefore they weren't treated the same way. But uh, but it's great to see and be around Hank because he does have a great personality. He is fun to talk to, and and I think this is going to be a real treat for the for the, for our fans. I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. Uh, one little note before we get you over to the interview. If you happen to hear early on in the interview a little bit of background noise or static, uh, we had a, a small audio issue there at the beginning of the interview that we didn't catch until a few minutes in. But apologize for that. But the good news is it does go away after a few minutes. So uh, without further ado, here he is, the home run king, Hank Aaron. He's sitting on 714. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be... Out of here! It's gone! It's 7-15! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron! The fireworks are going! Henry Aaron is coming around third! His teammates are at home plate, and listen to this crowd! So, uh, well, Hank, um, welcome to Behind the Braves. Uh, it's a privilege to have you here. Thanks for making the time to come in, and um, we're typically... Um, we go up in the alumni lounge, but today we chose to be in uh, the uh, Braves clubhouse. So uh, welcome, How and glad that? you're here. Yeah, thank you. Good timing. Looks nice. 
Yeah. Well, this yeah, they've done a great job here. This new stadium and and uh, just everywhere you go, it's just it's good looking, good looking place to be, right? <laughs> Looks a little bit better than the place where I used to play <laughs> in, in in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I looked at this clubhouse and I said, boy, uh, mm-mm. yeah, uh, these clubhouses and these stalls where these guys are. Something to behold. They're, they're beautiful. Well, I played in the old um, Milwaukee Stadium, uh-huh. where you spent a lot of time. You know, a lot of your career, right, up in Milwaukee, and you know, before they built the new place. So, yeah, I got a little bit of. It's probably it was probably nicer when I played there, even when you were there. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. Yeah, this this whole stadium is beautiful. Well, today, um, not know if, don't know if you know us, but today is Jackie Robinson's hundredth birthday. Were you aware of that? So th- no, today? I no, I was yeah. not aware of that. Yeah, thanks, so thanks, thanks for telling me. Yeah, so I just found out that myself, yeah, yeah. and obviously you have a very close connection with him. And um, but but one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on um, this week is is to talk about this is Black History Month in February, so we're excited about that and all the things that we're doing as a Braves organization to celebrate. Um, uh, Black History Month, but then I know that as I saw that Jackie Robinson, it was his hundredth birthday today, the day that we're actually taping. I just wanted to talk, um, get your your perspective about Jackie because I, I remember reading an article about when you were a kid, you actually went to go see him speak in your hometown in Mobile, and how that impacted you. And then when you were, and then later on as your career started, his was kind of endings mm-hmm. ending, and then mm-hmm. and then what kind of interaction that you had with him at that point. Well, he was um, he was someone I think about quite often, mm-hmm. even now. You know, I think about if it had not been for Jackie, what my career would have been like, you know, thinking about all of the things I had to go through and things that he went through before and had to endure. I mean, really had to play baseball and also had to worry about what people might say or mm-hmm. do or say you know, and I think about that, and I, I say, you know, um, I don't know many people would have done that. I, I don't know many people would have sat back and and taken all the abuse that he did. Mm. You know, it was it was quite a bit, and uh, I got to know him quite well. He died, of course, uh, a little bit after I got into baseball. I got to know his wife Rachel very very well. His children got to know them well, but. Um, Jack and I, you know, he, he taught me not only how to play the game, what baseball was all about, and how to play it. You know, I mean, really, I I got to, to know how to uh, uh, figure out how to win baseball games, uh, how not to worry about anything happening to the game, but what you could do. You know, and, and he always, he, he said something that, even I think about it right now. He said, if you want to do something for your team, uh, you want to be a, a, a teammate, the kind of teammate that you should be, figure out a way that you can go from home plate and come back around and touch home plate again for the, your team. And that made me think about it. I said, you know, you know, out of all of my career, you know, I, I thought about that. And I thought about it um, – and I said, what can I do in order to help my team? And I led our league. I led my team in a lot of areas in that department, you know, 
I wanted to make sure that no matter what I did, I could hit 300. I could hit, I could knock in 100 runs. But the most important thing is what I'm doing for my teammates to help them win ball games. Yeah, that's a great, um, that's a great perspective. And obviously, you took kind of the. The shortcut, you just went ahead and hit it out of the ballpark, <laughs> which is the easiest way to do it, right? But uh, one thing that I really wanted to ask you about before we move on to something else was that 1954, you're a rookie in Milwaukee, and you're going to Brooklyn for the first time, and Jackie is still playing for the Dodgers. So what was that like going in as a rookie? Did you know him at that point? Um, had you had much interaction? But did you guys meet, like nowadays they meet at second base and they talk and say hi. Was that appropriate at that time? Did you guys ever talk beforehand? Or what was it like the first time when you actually got to play against him in the big leagues? Well, you know, back then, I'm talking about way back then, of course, when we were playing, you bond stormed. And then bond stormed, you played against each other. Every, every you, you go through the South, you play in Mobile, you play in Birmingham, and you play et cetera. And I got a chance to meet him, but not on a casual basis, not not any more than just speaking to him and scared to say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I just bet. listening, just listening to him, you know, really. But you know, I got to I got to respect him. I really did. I got to respect him, and he didn't go out of the hotel very much hmm. because he he was afraid. Uh, didn't talk very much. And then all of a sudden, you know, he opened up one day and he got to talking. And, oh, he, <laughs> had, a, he, had, he had a listener. <laughs> he had someone who was listening to him. <laughs> yeah, that's But good. that's how I got to know him, you know, really. He was a wonderful person, uh, very much involved in all of the things that was happening in the world, you know, like mm. the civil rights and et cetera. Yeah, that's great. Well, in, in talking about uh, Jackie's legacy and then the legacy that you helped carry on after him, it, it's been it's somewhat sad in the last few decades we've kind of seen a decline in the number of African-American ballplayers in, in the big leagues. And it's you know, to Major League Baseball's credit, they are doing some good programs, the, the reviving baseball in inner cities, the RBI program. Uh, is good and last year we saw a little bit higher the trend seems to be going in the right direction or there were more african-american ball players in the big leagues on the opening day rosters last year than there had been in a few years but to that end how do we what do you think we need to be doing a better job of to get more young african-american athletes just playing baseball and hopefully eventually into the big leagues there are so many things i can tell you right now we can sit here and talk for four to five minutes, I can tell you the reason why we don't have many Africans, <clears throat> pardon me, in, in, in professional baseball. One is that, um, and I said this for the whole country, you know, we have, when we have, um, uh, uh, how can you say it, when you have a, 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 a system where you have the father going in, the morning to work, and the lady, I mean, the, the mother, I'm sorry, I take that back. When the mother going in to work in the morning, she comes home, and in the afternoon, the father goes out at night and work. You have nobody at home to teach the kid anything other than to say, uh, go home, go to bed, and wake up and do the same thing. 
Uh, we have we have so many different things that we have, so many problems that we have uh, of trying to figure out a way that we can keep black ball players playing baseball. Uh, there's no well, there's no system, and the reason there is no system is because they got nowhere nowhere to play. There is absolutely nowhere to play. And Major League Baseball is trying to do something about that. Uh, I do know that the commissioner and I have talked on several occasions, and he too is is, is uh, a little bit concerned with that. You know, and uh, uh, the only thing that we can do, and, and we're going to try it this year, uh, myself along with uh, uh, some other people, we're going to try to make sure that we have a place for baseball players to play. Because as you know, you know, baseball, unlike any other sport, and not taking anything away from anything like basketball, football, anything, but you can't put a, a baseball diamond <laughs> in, in the rough. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a, a system in which to make sure that a baseball player can sit there and play. You know, unlike myself, when I grew up in Mobile, Alabama, I played on what we call in spite of. I played in, on grass, picked up things I thought was a baseball, but it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but the good Lord was, was, uh, was, had his hand on my shoulder, you know. He, 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 he looked at me and he said, I'm going to make this kid what I want him to do, and I'm going to make him a baseball player, mm -hmm. you know. Well, I know you've been you've been really involved with some of our local alumni here. I've seen you um, come to Marquise Grissom's event, and um, you know Brian. Jo we got guys like Brian Jordan that are very involved in the youth community here in Atlanta. And Marquise has done a really good job. I've always appreciated what he's been doing because he uh, he has Marquise Grissom Baseball Association, and so he's really involved with trying to promote the game and develop kids at a high level. So helping them get scholarships to college, helping them, um, you know, with their even at the ages of 10, 11, 12, where they're they're involved in travel ball, getting the parents involved and, and really developing them not only from character standpoint, but an education standpoint, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well as he has really good teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys play all over the country and they do. And then even with what we're doing here with the RBI uh, program Didn't that agree. you're involved in, we we love it how yeah. the Braves of decided that this is going to be a focus of ours with the you know with the Hank Aaron classic and and the you know all the things that we're doing with um with the RBIs are really cool with the Major League Baseball we're partnering with them and doing mm -hmm. the development program down mm -hmm. in Florida right so that's been great we really appreciate you getting involved in that but it's been great for me to see as a as alumni director see you partner with some of our other alumni who are actually doing a lot of that work on the you know on the ground and it's been great because it's something you've been talking about for years, and now to see it kind of be full circle and seeing what now the organization's jumping on board, it's been it's been a lot of fun to see. Well, I must say you are doing a wonderful job. Thank uh, you. I, I I think I remember when you started. <laughs> we had a few conversations, <laughs> yeah, right? Had a few conversations, and you did some hard work. I mean, you put some hard work in, and you have done a tremendous job. Well, and thank I must you. congratulate you. And speaking about Marquise Grissom, Marquise and I have talked about it on several occasions. Uh, 
and we've talked about it, what, what it is that I can do. But you have to remember that I am no longer 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I have, my birthday is coming up in about four or five days from now. Oh, wow. I, big plans? I, I, yeah. My <laughs> wife always have big Billy's plans. Billy's got a big surprise she party has, for you? Yeah, she always has. <laughs> and I will be a big 85. So wow. <laughs> so I'm okay. not, I'm not a. I'm not a spring chicken, so I <laughs> I have to I have to take whatever is is given me, you know. But but I've I've tried to help. Marquise has done such a marvelous job. Mm. I mean, really, and you've helped him out, and the Atlanta Braves have helped him out, and he and his wife both mm-hmm. has done such a tremendous job, you know, really. And I just want to say congratulations to him. And I've talked to him, and I'm going to try to help as much as I can. Now, how much is that? I don't know. But I'm gonna do as well, I know as he can. really appreciates just the fact yeah. that you come down and you came to his golf tournament and and just right. answered questions and people see that you're supporting him. That's that's huge. I mean, right. It's just great for and that's one thing you know. I think with the alumni, we there's a lot of guys supporting each other, and I think that's what it takes, especially in our community. If we want to see, we need to be the poster child for you know um, for the young ball players, black ball players that are that are going into high school and college and, and making the big leagues, if we can't do it in our own backyard, then why should we expect the rest of the country to be able to do that? I think we've got a great opportunity That's here true. to, to, to um, change. That's Absolutely. true. One thing I wanted to ask you about, um, there's been a lot of talk, especially last season, about um, I guess we would call it the amount of emotion that ballplayers show now and the bat flips and the, and the excitement and, and all of that. And I'll admit that I was, you know, I grew up watching baseball and I was a little bit old school in that I didn't care for all the bat flips and all that kind of stuff. But then, but then I watched somebody like Ronald Acuna Jr. play every day and the excitement and how much fun he has on the ball field. And I think we're heading in a good direction where we want guys to have, we want them to show more emotion like that. And we want them to have, have more fun and show that they're having more mm-hmm. fun. Do you think that like, and I'm using bat flips just as one example, but do you think that younger ball players? showing more emotion is good for the game and the growth of the game? I think in some ways it does. You know, in, in some ways I I love to see emotion. I, I, I for one, in fact, um, I've talked to several ball players, and I don't think that um, I have ever threw a bat in my whole <laughs> right. 23 years that I played baseball. I didn't throw a bat. Uh, I never felt like uh, it was the bat fault for me striking out. <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, the thing that I, I think the thing that bothers me is the fact that do you want to send the same message to your kid? Uh, I see young players now, without naming any names, take a bat and break it across their legs and all that. I don't know whether they want somebody to know how strong they are or what. I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. But is is that the way you want to teach your son how to play how to play the game? You want to teach him emotion. You want to teach him how to do the how to play the game, but play it the right way. Uh, I I struck out. Uh, well, I, I'm blessed that I played the game for 23 years and never had a hundred times I struck out in a, in, a, in a season. But the most important thing is that when I struck out at a plate at the plate, I always went back to my hotel room and got me a bat and looked in the mirror and said, "Something is wrong. It ain't the bat. It's me. 
and I found out that it was not the bat. It was me that was striking out. But, you know, yeah, you want, you want them to have fun because that's what the game is all about. You want your kids to have fun. And it's so much money involved in base, in sports now, you know, until somehow I think that, and, 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 and not saying I wish they'd have given it to me, I wish they had. Yeah, right. But the most important, <laughs> the thing that bothers me is the fact that it, 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 it troubles youngster because you see players making the kind of money that these guys are making. It is absolutely absurd to, 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 to do it, you know, really. Uh, I think they've got to figure out a way. you got to figure out some kind of way that you can teach your young, young, your young kid, whether it's a girl or boy, how to play the game. And the game is played. I, I loved it. 23 years, I loved playing baseball. I didn't sling one bat. <laughs> I didn't want to sling one bat. And I always thought that it was somebody else's fault other than me. Yeah. Well, I, I want to ask you about one thing that I was I read and I actually heard that um, some of the guys that you played with um, made the comment that you always knew what the hit, the pitcher was going to do to you. So you see guys with little black books or, you know, they kept a chart or they, they wrote notes. But you, they seemed to, from what I was, I was hearing, that you seemed to know all the pitchers that you were going to face. You seemed to know how they were going to try to get you out, and you were prepared for that. So did you just have um, just an innate ability or just something you worked on or – did you just kind of – that was just something that just came natural to you? Or did you go back and think about, okay, now this guy, he got me out this way, and so next time I'm going to be ready for he does when he does that. How did that How did that come about for you? I think I studied I, – I, I studied baseball a little bit more than – you know, and this takes nothing away from my great friend who passed away a few years ago, Ed Matthews, mm. who's also in the Hall of Fame, <clears throat> who passed away. And Eddie and I – were very good friends, but I could tell you, I could tell you, from the first day of the baseball season to the last day of the baseball season, who I got a home run off of, who I hit it off of, what pitch it was, and etc. Mm. I studied, I studied pitches. I, I thought that uh, hey, you know, I'm only one person, and they got a gang on me, so I decided that I was going to do the very best I could and and study it you know and they 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 they're right they 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 they're right most of them hmm. but uh I, I didn't but you know I I I took I took it very serious uh you know I I I I said that not just because my career is over now but I took baseball very serious. it was a job it was a job and I played it like it was a job each game I went out there and played it the same way, no matter whether I was playing an exhibition game or whether I was playing uh, in um, uh, or just a regular game. Uh, I wanted to make sure that <clears throat> whatever I did, that I was going to be the people or whoever's come, come to the game was going to be able to say, you know, I saw Hank Aaron play last night. Yeah. Well, you you look serious. The footage I've seen of you, even in the the old home run derby, uh, remember the competitions? <laughs> I watched those when I was a kid, and they were reruns at that time. But still, 
those those were those were unbelievable. Even in those, you were super serious. <laughs> well, <laughs> those were great. You had to love winning all that money, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I tell you, that was a, that was a funny story about that. You know, I was from I was living in Mobile, Alabama at the time, and Frank Scott, who's an agent like most of the agents you have these guys mm-hmm. have now, he was an agent for most of the players in uh, New York City. Well, he called me up and he said, Hank, he said, I got a deal for you. He said, if you want to come to um, uh, uh, Los Angeles, I got a deal where you, the more home runs you hit, the more money you get, you know. And I said, oh, my God, what can I do? <laughs> and then I, thought, then I thought about my daddy. And my daddy had wanted a, a grocery store in Mobile for a long time. He had wanted it. And I said, this may give me an opportunity to win some money for him and to buy this grocery store. And little did I know, I packed my bag and I left. And I knew, I knew within my whole mind that I was not going to get a second chance. Mm. There was absolutely no way that I was going to go over Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, all these guys from New York City. They wasn't going to think about Hank Aaron in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was not going to get a second chance. Hmm. And I said, I'll be damned if I'm going to let this pass. <laughs> this is going to be the lifetime. This is yeah. going to be it. I'm not going to let this happen. And I stayed there, and I won more money yeah, you did. than anybody on the team. I mean, not on the team, but on that whole thing. On that show, yeah. Yeah, on that show. I, I won more money than anybody on the show. And then I went and bought my father the grocery oh, store. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great yeah, story. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> what, what was the name of the grocery store? Aaron. Well, we named it Aaron Grocery Store. Aaron's Grocery Store. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Nice. Yeah. That is great. But it was it was something that he wanted all his life. And he had worked in there as a little boy hmm. growing up. And he wanted it for himself. So I was able to get it. I think I won something like, I don't know, like $20,000 I think I won. It's close that's to That's pretty it. good. Uh, Back was, then it was. Uh, hey. That's right up your alley too. All I do is hit home runs. It That's like right. It, it looked like it was in Wrigley, but you said it was in Los Angeles. Is it? Is it? No, it's in Los Angeles. Oh, it was. Okay. Is in Wrigley Field. Okay. Old Rig. Old, old. You remember old old the Wrigley Field that they played in in Los Angeles? No, no, I didn't yeah. know. That. Oh wow. Yeah. Played so it. they modeled the the other one similar like that. Similar. To oh okay. It, yeah. Yeah, because when I looked at it as a kid, I'm thinking because I grew up watching the Cubs during the day and the Braves at night. Yeah. And I just thought it was the same place. But, yeah. Uh, that's cool. No, we had we had a lot of fun, and then I stayed there, and boy, every day I was, and I did a lot of things like hitting four home runs in a row, and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. So I had I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet it's I always good being able to win some money like yeah, that. that was, yeah, that yeah, that's perfect. Oh, I I know that you know when you have make you have accomplishments in your career for yourself, or it's always great for yourself, and you feel great about it. But I would think that feeling of being able to give your father his dream i mean that has to be some other level of that has to be that has to feel better than anything you can do for yourself i would think it was one of the two of the greatest things i ever done in my life for my parents you know really i i I played baseball and they were alive when i hit the home run my mother was alive and my father Mm. were alive when they saw me hit the home run wow and you, you know i my you can kind of say i was a mother's boy or something because being in Milwaukee, being here, I'm sorry, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and if we had an off day, I would catch a plane and go home 
and would be with Hunt. <laughs> I'll put my hand up. I'm a mama's boy. I'm yeah. proud of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I completely understand yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get in just a little bit about your post-career um, because you and I have had this conversation. I've always been fascinated with it seems like that you went from, uh, you know, one of the best careers ever in baseball to you didn't miss a beat. You went right into uh, your second career of of working with the Braves you know Ted Turner hired you and you worked in the front office with the Braves but then simultaneously you were a little bit of an entrepreneur you told me that you you've owned Krispy Kremes and churches fried chicken and and BMW dealerships and you've had a lot of things and you've had a lot of success in that area too so for for me as a guy who works with alumni that are trying to transition out of one career into another mm-hmm. um you know that's not an easy thing to do it's, it's very not. tricky you know business doesn't come as natural to us as playing ball it's something we did you know it's a cumulative thing where you, you learn baseball you learn every year well business we don't we don't do that so all of a sudden you get into it so i, I think it's just a great story you, you share with me just on how that happened but I, I would love to hear that again just how were you able to make that transition into a second career and be successful at it right away? I, I think it's just uh, knowing who I was, you know, as as a person. I had no more business knowledge than the average person, but I think I went in there with the idea of saying to myself that if I was going to own a dealership and I was fortunate enough to own four of them, all four of them, and then I was able, fortunate enough to sell all four of them. Mm. And then I owned the donut place. I owned Krispy Kreme. Then I owned 25 or 26 uh, uh, Popeyes, Church's Chicken. I felt like if I was going to get into business, I had to go in there with the idea of treating everybody, no matter who it was, no matter what they came into my store to buy. If they came in to buy a hubcap versus a motor, I would treat that person the same as I would treat anybody. I would treat anybody that would come in and buy a a dozen donuts versus uh, 12 dozen donuts. I would treat everybody who walked in my dealership, regardless of whether it was selling donuts or doing other things treat them the same way that I would treat anybody. And I said to myself, if I'm going to go into business, this is what I have to do. And I was lucky enough in my time that I got out of baseball, that I got involved with Ted Turner, always being very thankful to him. And he treated me just about as well as I could ever be treated. I remember I remember he called me up one day and I was in Milwaukee and he wanted me to be the he wanted me to be the um uh the, the farm director. And I said, Oh my, well, that's <laughs> a big job <laughs> And so I said yes before I could say anything else. No money involved <laughs> But I, I took it as a challenge and I got and I and, and I got to got to be his his farm director. And I remember my first year in West Palm Beach that, that's what I'm trying to think. We didn't have 
all the guys, most all of them, all of them had holes in their pants and holes in their pants, and most of them was chewing tobacco. Hmm. And I said, something has got to give. <laughs> I said, something got to I said, maybe I can bring something to them. And so I talked to them for a long time, talked about them chewing tobacco and playing the game of baseball. And what I did, went downtown, not downtown, I'm sorry, from bought, I got Susan to order 150 uniforms. Susan, your long-term my, my executive long, assistant. Yes, yeah. yes, I got her to order all these uniforms. And somebody said, you can't do that. Ted is going to have a fit. <laughs> I said, well, we got to start somewhere. And I wanted to order them, and I ordered them with no back pockets. <laughs> there were no back pockets. No, no back no pockets. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, and I, said, and I had a meeting with them every single day. I said, now, if you guys want to chew, I said, let me tell you, please. Go over on, out of the field and chew your tobacco. Don't <laughs> spit it over here, please. And so I had a I had a rough I had not not a rough time with them, but you know we had some pretty good ball players that come up through there. You know. Yeah. Yes. Well, Leo Mazzoni was telling me some stories. You know, he was one of your coaches. He was. And uh, he was just down at fantasy camp with us, and he was telling me some funny stories of. Of just you know some of the early years of of playing ball, and of course you had Ron Gant and and David Justice. I mean all all my former teammates. Yes. you had them in the minor leagues, and I think I came in right after you were transitioning. Yeah. But but yeah, hearing some of those stories was great. Well, Ron Gant was I never forget. Ron Gant was he was um, he was a ball player, but he was so fast. He reminded you so much. He reminded you so much of the kid that plays football now with the Ravens, the quarterback. That oh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that runs like the wind. Mm -hmm. And that's the way this boy was. And every single night, every night, we would have a meeting. Not one night. <laughs> we have a meeting every night. I mean, I have all of their instructors there. We have a room like this. And we would have to go over every one of the ball players. Ron Gant's name would come up Every single night. <laughs> why? I said, why? He can't hit. Most of them say he can't hit. I said, yeah. I said, but you have to remember one thing. He can run like the deer. I said, he, we got to, we got, we got to give him a little bit of break. Yeah. I said, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not willing to get rid of him. Well, he learned to hit. He so did. He learned to hit. Maybe he had some yeah. one-on-ones with him. Well, <laughs> what, what happened was that we put, we, we, you probably heard of this, put some bats in. Behind him, so he wouldn't step out of oh, the batter's box. Bailing in the bucket. Huh? Bailing, yeah, he's bailing <laughs> out of the bucket. We did all these things, and pretty soon he caught on. He caught on, and when he caught on, he was oh, he geez. caught fire. He was a heck of you a know, player. You know, he's a heck of a player. You know, really. <laughs> so you know, I I was not gonna let that trickle down. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. Weren't you, and I believe I've read, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I've read that you were instrumental in the Braves drafting Chipper Jones in 1990. Is that the, did you have a hand in helping draft and oversee the uh, Chipper becoming a Braves? Well, let me, let me tell you a story about that because it's, it's been so many stories. Okay. And unwritten stories about it. And I remember that so many teams wanted a player. I'm trying to think of the kid's name. was was a pitcher. Oh, Todd Van Poppel? Is that it? That, that right, I, I think that's who he was. Yeah, that's right. And I went to see him pitch, and that must have been 
15, I guess, uh, people were down there watching him pitch. And his father, Ben Poplar's father, called me to the side. And he said, Hank, I want to talk to you. He said, listen, he said, he said my son is going to be the number one draft pick. He said, but he's not going to play with the Braves. I said, oh, is that right? He said, no, he's not going to play with the Braves. I said, oh, well, well. Then we had another one, Chip, I think. I said, which I was kind of leaning toward myself. Well, everybody wanted Van Poppel. And I said, man, I said, y'all can't. I said, y'all trying to get Chipper. I said, Chip is your ball player. And if I talked to him into taking Chipper instead of Van Poppel. Well, that was <laughs> a lot of wisdom there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, 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 the franchise thanks you, right? Yeah. 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 So, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, Chipper was – and then there had been stories saying that, you know, somebody else – well, that's all right. That's a fine. That's yeah. fine. You know. That's great. Who cares? He, Chip is now in the Hall of Fame and – Oh, done well that? for himself so that's great that's good well we want to be real respectful of your time this has been great i do want to ask you about um just your influence on um some of the other former teammates executives been in baseball in particular dusty baker and bill lucas so um, i was with dusty last year and dusty made the comment that when he was his parents wanted him to go to college but um, the Braves wanted to sign him, and uh, and if it hadn't been for you talking with his mom and dad's about taking care of him and watching out for him, because he looked up, you know, you were kind of his mentor, you were his big brother, that he might not have ever been an Atlanta Brave. Mm-hmm. And so I think about your legacy with him. He goes on to become an unbelievable manager for many, many years in the big leagues. Um, so I just would like love for you to hear just comment on, on Dusty because at one point I did hear you say in some interviews that you wanted to be a big league manager. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be an owner, you know, some different things in, in that weren't weren't there the opportunities weren't there at the time. But then to see somebody like who you mentored become this manager, um, just how that made you feel and, and what you thought about that. Well, Dusty's mother, I was already playing baseball, and she, you know, Dusty was quite an athlete. I mean, he was a great athlete. He wasn't only just a baseball player. He could play basketball, could play football, and he was, uh, he could do it all and do it well. And so we had to figure out what we needed to do in order to keep him there. You know, his, his mother didn't want him, his mother wanted him to go to college. That's what she wanted. She wanted him to go to college, get an education which is where most mothers want their child to go. And he came to me, and she came to me, and she told me, she said, Hank, she said, um, what I'm going to do, she said, I'm, I'm going to turn him loose, she said, but you going to be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be responsible for myself. <laughs> she, she wanted me to be responsible. And little did I know when he, when he, when he, when he, when he finished his career, at, at at school, he came up, I think he was only 18, 19 years old. Dusty went right on smooth sail, you know, went right on the big leagues, you know. Yeah. So so he 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 and Raph Gar were such right. great, great friends. And they both came right on through the big leagues yeah. together, you know. And fortunate that uh, I got traded my last year in baseball. 
And somebody asked me, he said, what do you think Dustin Raft going to do? I said, he's going to trade him. Mm. And sure enough, Dusty went to Los Angeles and Raft, I think, went to Chicago. I think one of them. Dusty was on deck when you hit 715, right? Yes. Would, would, did you say anything to him? Did he say anything to you? Or yeah, were you too I, zoned in? Well, we both was kind of talk to each other. You know, we dress side of each other. We talk to each other. Uh, yeah, I just I just thought that the world of he he and Raph both, you know, they, they both were very good ball players and only Raph was probably a little older than Dusty. Yeah. Gators but they, awesome. But but they but they both were very good ball mm-hmm. players. Good people. Yeah, very good. Absolutely. Else? Yeah. I think uh that's it, and I, I encourage everybody to check out what the work Hank does with the Hank Aaron Chasing the Dream Foundation. That's that's yeah. a fantastic foundation, Thank you. and um, I know we just want to implore everybody that's listening to to check out your work with that. And the we've got the Hank Aaron uh, Invitational coming up this summer, and the Forty Four Classic here. So it's a lot of a lot of great work you're still continuing to do today, and we yeah. uh, we very much appreciate it, and we want all the Braves country to support it as much as they can. Yeah. Well, thank you, and I just want to say to both you guys. Y'all do such a marvelous job. I mean, I I don't know. I I remember when we first started. I don't know where we first started, but I remember talking to you in the clubhouse. Not in the clubhouse. In the, the, in, in the office, there, yeah. yeah. About this. And and like like you, 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 it was a dream, I guess, and, and so much for you. And yeah. and look where you are now, you know, and and – you have done a tremendous job. Well, Let me say that. Well, thank you. Yeah, and, you know, and you've a lot of support yeah. from you and yeah. much appreciated from our early talks. And, yeah. and um, you know, I was looking for some people to to kind of be involved, and, and you were always there to listen. So I really appreciate uh, all that you've done. And, of course, you know, you are our most famous alumni. So just the fact that you give us – time to hear and be on this is a new project for ricky and i behind well, the Braves. good luck to you guys yeah thank you yeah. i think i think you're gonna do well i think you're gonna do very well this well. may put us on the map well i hope so <laughs> well i hope i'm gonna keep my fingers and that's right cross too are we gonna get you you're gonna be able to download we're gonna get you to subscribe to yes. behind the Braves. yeah we'll, we'll get cedric to help, yeah. help you out there yeah there yeah go. <laughs> well good deal sure, well, thank yeah. you so much hank thank you you're so much, quite hank. welcome and good luck to both of you guys thank you so much i think you guys have done a marvelous job and keep on pushing all right great thank Thank you you so much well how cool was that I, I don't even like. I'm not, I know I'm supposed to do the proper intro and all that, but no, how cool was that? Like we just spent some time with Hank Aaron and got to hear some incredible stories. I, 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 there's so much. I don't even know where to start with it, Greg. There's so many different ways we could go with that. First of all, just what a nice man. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be the not just the the baseball and sports icon, but I American icon that he is, and he's just a warm, friendly, humble man who, by the way, literally just took time out of his day came all the way here, drove all the way to the stadium here today just to do this, yeah. just to do this. Pretty which is, special. That is uh, extremely special. So I, I, what are your first thoughts? I mean, we just – on that conversation, what's the first thing that jumps out at you? Yeah, I think back about the the year that I started with the Braves, not as a player. I really didn't have any interaction with him at that point. But just when I – when we started the Alumni Association back in 2010, and literally within the first week – to two weeks, I made it a point to go in and 
and uh, I talked with Susan, who's his, been his longtime assistant, and just said, "Hey, you know, I'd love to talk with Hank and tell him what I'm what I'm doing and what my goals are and what we're trying to do here with this with the with kind of rallying the alumni and the organization." She goes, "Sure, I'm sure he'd love to talk to you about that." And walked in there, and how he was with us today. You know, of course, he didn't know me from Adam, you know, and so introduced myself and, oh, yeah, I remember you as a player and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But but shortly after that, after we got through introduction stuff, he's not changed a bit. I mean, he's was just as nice, just as interested in what the alumni were doing and anything he could do to help. He was always, you know, he said, hey, call me if you need anything. And, and what I really like to see is when somebody like that that, that is – just has such a reputation and such influence that he is using that. He's getting involved with some of our alumni here. He's still involved in the game. He still talks to the commissioner. He still talks to the organization and see where he can fit in. You know, he is, like you said, he's getting ready to turn 85. And so he's limited on what he can do, but he's still interested in being involved in in ways that he can help. And that's growing the game in the African-American community you know, wh- whether it's with the organization and what we're doing here, whether it's with the alumni. I mean, just he's, he's still involved, and, and I just love that out of our – that's what I love about this organization and our alumni base is that we just have guys who care about the game. Absolutely, and it's it's it, that says something for him because he – you know, it's not like he, he can do whatever in the world he wants to do, but that he that just shows you he truly cares and wants to – you know, cares about what's happening here with with baseball and our with our franchise and – with the alumni and with everything like that, you know, it's, it's, um, it was interesting to me, you know, I didn't know how much into today's game we would get into with him. So I just wanted to ask the one question about the, the bat flips and all that. And it was interesting. Cause I, I think when I say bat flips, I'm thinking of like after a guy hits a home run and he flips it. Yeah. And it is interesting to hear cause Hank's when he heard bat flips, he's <laughs> thinking about the other side of it, which I wasn't thinking about, but he was, get and he mad was completely and right, getting mad and throw the bat. And I was like, you know, that is, it was. I was really interested to hear his perspective on it, and uh, that was the first thing that jumped out. Was was what is his thoughts on? Because he agreed, you know, that you. It's good that the kids show excitement and emotion, but his his big thing there was, but they need to still be taught the right way. That's right. And the, and that was that 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 impacted me. He's like, it's still important that we teach our young ball players that showing emotions one thing, but playing the game the right way is uh, is is and. Listen, when Hank Aaron says it, yeah, you listen. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of the older players, and even in my generation of, of players, there was a respect that we talked about respect for the game. And I, I know that I was taught growing up when I played, and, and I think this was good for my personality because if I got too emotional about a pitch, about an inning, I, I couldn't recover from that. Now, some guys, you talk about John McEnroe, he, he perfected the art form of – of looking like he was out of control emotionally, but he used that to distract the other player or it drove him to be better. I don't I don't think that works for everybody. I think that that's, to me, my experience is that that works for fewer people than the person who can just stay, you know, even keeled. Baseball is a long season. It is a long game. And so if you are trying to get emotionally up for that, you're gonna you're gonna struggle because there's no way you can be emotional for nine innings. You can't be emotional for you know 160 165 games, um, not even including postseason. 
but you know, it's just impossible because emotions go up and down. And so I was always taught as a young ball player, if you want to be good long term, you better find a way to 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 manage your emotions and stay even keel so that you can be consistent because it's more about being um, effective over a long period of time. And, and, and realistically, to be able to execute a pitch, to be able to execute in that bat time and time again, you almost have to take emotion out of it. So for me, it's not about the the uh, the performance of okay, I get excited, I just hit a walk off home run. Of course, you're going to get emotional about that. But if you're trying to take that into every at bat, sometimes it can it can affect you adversely because there's no way to maintain that. Right. So it's not it's not about okay, we're we don't have fun. It's more about how do you be as good as you can be for a long period of time. That's the way I that's my perspective at least. I got you. Okay, well, that's that's fair. I, I do. You're in the way you're talking about that and the amount of like every game and how you how you manage your emotions for a season like that and how focused and just how much that is for a person to mentally to handle you take that and then you add on what Hank went through and guys before him like well mm. obviously what Jackie went through but Hank went through much of the same so you 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 combine that with what the the emotion and the stress of all of that you're having to deal with which I mean yeah. to me and, and to you too, I like we. I, I can't imagine that. I don't know what that's like to to go through so, sure. society like that, to be able to handle all that and then still become again the greatest baseball player of all time. To me, is is um, that just makes it, the, the man that much more remarkable. And it also, again, it makes you appreciate how great it is that he's just such a warm, fun, you know, f- you know, great personality of a man now that he's in his eighties. It. Uh, just an incredible, incredible life that he's lived, you know. Um, but that, oh, you know what, maybe if I had to pick out one, and this is, we just recorded, obviously, so I think if one thing really stuck out to me, if I was going to say oh, that was my favorite part of talking <laughs> to him, hearing him talk about buying a grocery, grocery store for know, his dad. I love that. How great. great is that? That's like, if that's the dream. Like, everybody has the American dream or the dream of, you know, doing well for yourself and everything, but mm-hmm. to be able to do well enough to give your parents whatever their dream was I can't, that had to be that well he did light up when when I brought up the home run derby but what was connected to that is that he was able to do it but he was able to do it and make the money to be able to buy the grocery store so it really at first when he, he lit up I thought oh he was pretty excited about doing that but until he shared with us that what he was able to do with that money that's what was really behind that, which yeah. was kind of cool. He kind, you know, he touched on a little something there, and I didn't, I didn't think it was necessary to bring it up with him, but he kind of touched on it a little bit too. You know, he was in the era of, of Willie Mays and those guys, uh, and you know, played with some of the greatest players, or, or in the same time, as some of the greatest players ever. But he was in Milwaukee for majority of his career, and then, well, he spent a, a, good, a good part of it here too in Atlanta. And it's been one of those things that's talked about, I think, in national media when Hank's name comes up is maybe because he played in Milwaukee um, and then later here in Atlanta and not New York, not L.A., that maybe he doesn't – maybe that's why other, the, not enough people think he's the uh, the greatest player of all time. Yeah. You know? And maybe, maybe that's – but he kind of alluded to it, you know. He, when he said, talking about that home run derby, if I had – he's like, this is my only chance. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. in Milwaukee. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. He's oh, like, these guys are in New York. I'm in Milwaukee. This is going to be my only chance. I have to do this. Yeah. Um, well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that that does play into, you know, your perception, you know, being um, – you know, of course, we went through that. Even today, the Atlanta Braves versus the New York Yankees or back when I played, you know, it was the Braves and the Yankees or small market teams, large market teams because – Where's the where's the national media? Well, they're in L.A., they're in New York. 
Right. You know, so those those teams get the, of course, those are the biggest markets. They get the most attention. And, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see if Acuna continues to develop and become a great player um, in Atlanta. Now, we have a rich tradition, but still, if he was in, if he was on the Yankees versus, you know, rookie of the year and, in, in, you know, in Atlanta, you know, that just it makes a difference. It's an impact. It I will say to, to that end, I think one cool thing I do see happening with Acuna is like, you know, Major League Baseball, I mean, he's he's somebody that they are pushing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that they are starting to, to, to do pretty well. At least they're identifying their stars and are trying to elevate their stars as much as they can wherever they play. And I think we need to do as much yeah. of that as we can, more of that if, if, if possible. But, yeah. but um, well, we have, a, you know, we're, we're in talks. We're planning for, you know, the, our next few episodes of Behind the Braves. We're working on some exciting things. We've got spring training coming up. I know you're going to be headed down there. Hopefully I'm, I'm going to be headed down there also. We'll see what we can make happen down there. Um, but, again, looking forward, it, we've got a lot of exciting things in the works. But uh, I hope that you all enjoyed hearing Hank as much as we did because it's – I, th- I think it's a treat for anybody to get to hear just Hank talk for for a little while, and it, it's 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 that special to us too. It's ex- extremely special to us to get to spend some time with him, and that he took time to to spend with us here on Behind the Braves. Yeah, we would love it for any time Hank wants to come on the show, and we extended that invitation to him. But uh, we we will try to definitely check back in with him at some point in time during the season or in the off season, but uh, there's so many more things that I wanted to ask him that we just didn't have time. But, you know, because all these alumni that I know that he's connected with, I mean, I didn't even get in with Ralph Gar. I right. mean, Gator is, is, is one of the top alumni that we have, just his passion for the game, how he loves people, and I would love to know more about their relationship and, and you know, and how they – how they interacted as teammates. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a ton of stuff that I, I can get into. But um, Hank's a special guy, and, and we were very glad to have him on today. Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us. And, again, the, the positive reviews and the five-star ratings uh, on iTunes and elsewhere have continued to, to fly in. I mean, I, every time I happen to check it, it there's, more rate, there's, there's more reviews, and they're all nice. positive. And, it's, and the feedback on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, it's been – Instagram, it's been great. So we very much appreciate it, and keep it coming. You know, keep if you the more we're able to help the show grow, and the more people know about it, the the more we can hopefully get people like Hank Aaron on. You Nobody's know? asked for a trade yet. Oh, of us, not that, <laughs> not yet, not yet. It's coming. <laughs> we're still, you know, we're still on the rookie contract. Yeah, that's it's right. Fine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast, and uh, we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.